Forgiveness is one of the most amazing things in my life. But forgiveness doesn't mean that I want those people in my life. And say, there is the forgiveness. I wish all the best for you. And I hope that you find everything beautiful, but not next to me. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, sponsored by Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. Today, we're addressing trauma and healing with an emphasis on boys and men of color. It's about to get real with our hosts, experts, and guests. Gather around, y'all. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. Today, in one of a series of Brother Be Well conversations on trauma and healing, made possible by the support of Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative, we're exploring methods and strategies for building your personal support network. Joining me for this conversation is Integrated Behavioral Health Specialist and Brother Be Well Clinical Advisor, Julio Cruz. Julio, what is up? Welcome back to Brother Be Well. It's good to be back. Really good to have you. Let's jump right into this, if you would, sir. It's become a bit of a cliche over the last couple of decades, I think, but the term, it takes a village, the phrase, it takes a village, is a preface of an ages-old proverb about raising children. I happen to think it applies to a lot of different situations, and we at Brother Be Well argue that achieving mental health is one of those situations. It couldn't be more true, I don't think, than when someone is healing from trauma. We absolutely cannot do that alone. My first question to you, sir, what is a personal support network and why is it so important from your perspective that all of us have one of them? You know, I think that um, in my opinion, a personal support network is super, super important because we are social creatures. We uh, depend on that in, that interaction. We we need that back and forth with different people, different aspects of life, learning from one another, sharing experiences, and getting the support that we can provide. I think that um, we all bring different gifts to the table. And that's part of like, when I look at the support network that I have, it's like, what gifts, what talents do I have that some of the people that I share space with don't have that I can share and enhance my life and also, what can I learn from them? What what of the gifts they have complement me as a person? I think that you and I might be, uh, I don't want to say unique, but maybe in the minority, Julio. Um, assembling a personal support network at first blush, a lot of people um, don't believe that we really need one. I wonder if it's the stigma that still exists around mental health that might be holding us back from developing or establishing or forming a personal support network. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts about any of that? Do you think stigma plays a role in holding us back? Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, as men, we're socialized from a very early age to be self-sufficient in many aspects of our life. And is seen as a sign of weakness when you depend on other people or when you ask for help or when you are not self-sufficient or uh, you show any emotion, right? So it's part of uh, all that stigma that as men, we have to be strong, we have to be resilient and showing emotion is a sign of not being a man. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, or, or you know, the... Um, I started to use a pretty strong word, the lies that we've told ourselves about what it means to be a man. It, it's not it's, it's not unmanly 
to be vulnerable or to ask for help, but we've all to some extent bought into that. So I think that might be holding us back. Anything else you can think of in addition to to stigma and those those ages old, um, you know, that framework, the things that we were taught, anything else you can think of that might be yeah, keeping I, men from, from reaching out? Yeah, I think that many times is that we we socialize in a very close circle, right? We, uh, especially as men, we try to keep like those friendships that we had for a long time, or like we socialize with our cousins and uncles that may share some of the same traumas and experiences. I mean, um, if I socialize with people who grew up in the same, na- same neighborhood as I did with the same challenges and, you know, the social barriers, the uh, lack of mobility and the same background of men have to be strong, resilient, and not show emotion, who am I going to be able to share that emotion with? Who, like, who do I look up to see, hey, that's somebody that understands that me being vulnerable is actually a sign of being a man, right? Because we all socialize the same way and we're taught the same thing. There is no opportunity to have that banter back and forth. Yeah, so true, so true, so powerful as well. One of the things I've learned uh, from a group of colleagues of, of ours here at Brother Be Well, we, we've worked very closely over the last couple of years now with the Capital City Black Nurses Association. And we've learned from them that not having a strong support circle when managing mental health and specifically healing from trauma can leave us at much higher risk for a variety of mental and physical health conditions. They include hypertension, heart disease, obesity, a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's. I could go on and on and on and on, Julio. You know the list very well. As an integrated behavioral health specialist, I'm wondering if you want to touch on any of those conditions or maybe even add to that list. And then secondly, I want to ask from your perspective, why are those social connections so critical when we think about physical health? That connection isn't so very obvious. So just flesh that out a little bit more. We, we're harming our bodies when we don't reach out for help and when we don't form those social connections, yeah? Absolutely. I think that when you're not well, when your mind, your spirit, your heart is not well, it's going to affect every aspect of your body, right? Every, like, array, a myriad of ailments are going to come your way. I think that one of the... Uh, one of the things that I try to emphasize all the time when I talk to medical providers that many times they share with me, like, you know, we run tests on this patient. We, like, we cannot find what's going on with them, but they're still not feeling better. They're still reporting and feeling all these illness. And there's, like, some numbers are not quite right, but we don't know where this is coming from. I'm like, what is going on in their lives? What is going on with them as person? How is their social network? How is their their support, family, uh, professionals in other areas? You know, I think that one of the things that has always been kind of like this crazy idea that, you know, we can talk about disconnecting somebody because their brain is not working, right? They're brain dead, but the body is still kind of functioning, but there is no more life because the brain is not working. But yet, 
when we think about mental health, it's all in here, it's all in our brain. And we don't make that connection that the reason why we're having all these illness is because if your brain is not okay, that's the engine that moves everything in the rest of your body. That's the computer that is telling every aspect of your body, this is how we're going to operate. So it's so important to look at all of us in a holistic approach. You know, my my body, my mind, my brain, my spirit, they're all connected. And it's very important for me to be able to look at myself as a whole and look at you and look at everybody that I have interaction with as a whole, not just what you tell me, oh, I have a, I have a headache, right? Take an aspirin, but also what's happening with your life? Why may you be feeling this way? Is there something that you're not happy about? I love the way you can make those connections, Julio. Uh, when we talked about having this conversation, you were the number one person I wanted to be here for this. I really appreciate your perspective. As we talk about forming those personal support networks, it might be natural to reach out first to friends and family. I think it's a natural first step, but in my own experience, family can be a blessing and if not a curse, uh, can be a bit of a minefield when you talk about support. Biology doesn't necessarily mean that they're on your team, so to speak. Can you walk us through the process of sifting through all of those personal relationships, family and otherwise, and the process of kind of cherry picking the ones, the individuals that are going to be a part of our own, our own team, our own support network? Absolutely. I think that one of the first things for me is to look at what family means to me, right? I think that um, in some of our cultures, we're told like, you're a family no matter what. That's the first thing that I want to remove. Like, no, we are, we are related by blood no matter what. However, that doesn't mean that you have to, be con- you have to continue to be part of my family. You know, I have an amazing family. And every time I, I, I say that, especially around people who know my biological family, they kind of give me a crazy look like, like hey, I know your family. They, like, you have some very special characters in there. And I'm like, yeah, but because you're thinking about family in a concept of biology, the reality is that family is very important, but we have the power to decide who family um who our family members are, what we call family, and who those connections are. I try to make sure that there is always like people that I can have a back and forth, that I can share once again the gifts that I have and that the gifts that they bring are something that I want in my life. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has their own issues. But, you know, just uh, I use an analogy in another of the sessions about the school and how we go through different grades, right? Like, it's the same thing. Like, you have somebody who's really good at physics, somebody who's very good at mathematics, somebody who's a chemist, uh, the PE professor. So they all bring the different gifts to our life. And not one person can be that solution for us. Sometimes we look like, well, I'm married and I bounce ideas back on my my significant other. Well, what if that person doesn't have the tools, the answers, or the peace of mind to be that bounce back? 
So leaning, leaning on family and friends is very important, but also to know, are they the right person to lean on? Do they I have the space and capacity right now for me to lean on them? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I love the way you, you talked about uh, a person may, you, you talked about the spouse. So one might think that that's your number one go-to, your ride or die, so to speak. But if that person doesn't have the, the skill set, the ability that that doesn't that's not a pejorative. You just might have to supplement what what that relationship is and bring other people into your circle. Am I am I? I hope I'm not taking what you said out of context. Oh, really. that, yes. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm married to a beautiful a beautiful man who has a lot of talents, and he's an incredible computer like wizard and like knows a lot about about technology but he will never understand what I do for a living on day-to-day basis, that that human interaction, because his talents are others. So I know that if I need to bounce back some of the things that I go through on a daily basis, I have some of my friends who are social workers, caregivers, home care providers, that they understand what it is like to carry the heaviness and sometimes the sadness of like hearing people's troubles day in and day out. And that I can I can hear somebody telling me, hey, it is okay. We do this because we love it, but we have to leave it at work, right? So if I talk to my husband, as magnificent and amazing as he is, he knows that he finished a program in a computer and that's, that's where it ends. There's not, there's nothing to carry after. I really appreciate you fleshing that one out, Julio. And and you mentioned your husband. I, I can't wait to, to meet him. I'm looking forward to that as well. You mentioned he's in uh, the technology field. That's a, a perfect inroad to my next question. I'm wondering what role technology can or should play in developing those personal support networks. And and very specifically, I'm thinking about you know social media, the the um, ubiquitousness or, or pervasiveness of, of mobile devices. We've always got usually something in our pocket, and I would think there's a pro and a con to that, but maybe not. So I want to throw it to you. What role can technology play in, in helping us establish or grow those personal support networks? Technology is amazing. It's allowing us the opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah. I'm in my home. You are at home. We get to people's homes this way. We get to share a little bit of our experiences about what we love and so very thankful that people open their own space for us to come to their lives this way. But at the same time, there is so much misinformation. There is so much uh, messages that are not correct. And also, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a rabbit hole. Like sometimes you get caught up into TikToking for two, three hours, and then the next thing you know, like... You know, there's something telling you, hey, stop, you've been scrolling for a long time. And we have become blinded to all of those things. And, you know, our, the time that we will be spending on self-care and having peace and silence, because peace and silence and solitude is something that is very important, we dedicate to empty messages that come through technology. Yeah, so true. So we got to be careful about it. It's, Absolutely. It's a- I think that... It's amazing that we have it. It's amazing to have those distractions, but to know how much time I dedicate to that and what I allow to come to my space. 
Really, really love it. Powerful message. Thanks a lot, Julio. We talked about uh, family just a little bit, and I'm wondering about um, the viewer or the listener right now who might want to either engage or to maintain a connection with a family member, but he's struggling with communication with that person. So I'm wondering from your perspective, you're an integrated behavioral health specialist, how can we strengthen communication with those family members when, when it might not be as natural or as easy as we want it to be and thereby strengthening the relationships themselves? How do, how do we do that? I think it's understanding what we bring to the table and what the other person can bring to the table. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we have unrealistic expectations for family members that we think that uh, because somebody is my mother, my father, an uncle, that there is this unconditional support or we hold on to things that happened 15, 20 years ago. And the reality is to be able to have that communication where you say, hey, you know, I want you in my life, but there is this part that I don't really like, but you're important and I want you to be there. But these are these are my boundaries, these are my limits. And with the openness to accept that, just as I am not the same person that I was 20 years ago, most likely all those people are not either. And to have the openness to see, like, you know, um, my mother may have done things that I didn't agree with, but she made the best decision with the tools and the knowledge that she had 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. And she's a different person now, just like I am. So, so having that communication where I say, hey, you know what? I love you. Like one of my cousins, like, I love you, but I can only spend a few hours with you because after that I start going crazy. And I'm just like, I had too much, right? There's too much history that I want to have this relation, but with measure. Yeah. So you just reminded me, Julio, I had a, a pretty recent conversation with my biological brother, the only one I've got. And he, he launched down a road and he said, Michael, you this and you that. And I know you will say this and I know you will think that. And the honest truth, Julio, was that the person he was describing you know, years ago, decades ago, he was 100% right. But I'm not that same person anymore. And it just illustrated for me that there had been some growth and evolution that he wasn't aware of. So when I said to him, that's an old version of me, I used that old software. I said, that's like Michael, maybe 3.0. And this is Michael 5.0 you're dealing with. So you would have been right in 2005, but in 2022, that's not who I am. And it was very disarming for him. He didn't know where to go from that. And I said, I don't know, I don't know how to help you. You've described an older version of me. So I like what you had to say about getting to know, knowing where the person is. And also, I don't think you use the word grace, giving someone a little grace. They did the best they could in that moment. They made the best decision they could make. They they may have said some things that didn't go over all that well, but they did the best they could in that moment. And then kind of moving on. And maybe they have a place in that personal support network and maybe not. And either is okay. Either is okay. Absolutely. I think that's something that's very important with that, that I always say is that forgiveness is one of the most amazing things in my life. But forgiveness doesn't mean that I want those people in my life. I can acknowledge their growth. I can acknowledge the change. But I also can acknowledge my pain and my history and say, 
there is the forgiveness. I wish all the best for you, and I hope that you find peace and love and everything beautiful, but not next to me. I love it, dude. Absolutely love that. Really appreciate it. Let me tell you about, you. You, I'm sure you already know this, but the American Psychological Association has a few steps, things that we should do if we're interested in building or strengthening our personal support networks. I'm, I'm very happy to say that most of them we've touched on today, reaching out to family and friends, using technology in moderation, connecting with people who share your interests, um, one looking for peer support groups. So finding you know where you're at, uh, there's a great peer support group, uh, a, a couple of them actually, um, in partnership with the Hawk Institute that we at Brother Be Well, we, we've established these partnerships about maybe six months ago or so. We got an adult peer support group where men of color come together once a month and you know we're like-minded individuals. We have similar challenges just navigating this world and it's great once a month to just sit back and relax and exhale and talk about what's going on. Um, also asking for help and we've touched on that a little bit just you know having the being brave enough and vulnerable enough to ask for help. I'm wondering, you're an integrated behavioral health specialist. We're thankful to have somebody like you and specifically you on this particular, uh, in on this conversation. I'm wondering if you can touch on any of those that might kind of jump out for you or yeah, I think you that, can even add to that. Absolutely. I think that it's very important to look at a list of different tools and pick the ones that work for you, right? Like, for instance, for me, it's very important to cook myself a meal like on a regular basis and share that meal with somebody. You know, sometimes I even like bake cookies and take them to work so I can build on that communication with other people, not just work, but also to share a little bit about who I am, knowing all the things that are healthy for you and also making a list of the things that you don't like and you don't want in your life anymore. I think that that is something that is very important. Like when you're feeling down, when you're feeling anxious, like taking a, a moment of solitude, like sometimes I just like turn the lights off in my house, sit down with myself, and I'm like, why am I feeling this way? What happened today? Who did I interact with today that made me feel the way I do? And sometimes I have like this moment like, wow, I was with this person that not necessarily is not the healthiest one in my life, they're a little toxic, and then I felt comfortable for the rest of the day. So now I know that the next time I see that person, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm not in the best space to be sharing space right now. It was good to see you. And uh, maybe we can get together some other time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, even the people we love and like, there is friends that there's moments I don't want to share space with them because I know that there's a particular thing about them that I don't have the peace to deal with today. And I love... Sorry, but with that, I also know that I want the people in my life to be able to tell me today is not the time for you because I can't. Because I also come with things. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't mean to step on you there. I really... Those are some powerful words. And I think... Among the most powerful things you've ever said, certainly today, Julio, you you made a distinction between the people you love and the people you like. And I think there's a difference. There's a difference there. Absolutely. And some people, you know, they they conflate those two, but there's, 
yeah, I can compartmentalize people really, really well that way. And maybe that process would help others form that personal support network, that group of people that you're going to really lean on. Um, Julio, we're almost out of time. I can't let you get away from us. Um, I've got a, a, a little segment. I may add this to future conversations with you. I like the alliteration of it. Julio's homework. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, what's the number one? I know, right? What's the number one takeaway from today's talk? Give us all a little bit of homework for building or strengthening our own support circles. The first part of the homework will be to sit down with yourself in a quiet space to get to know yourself. You cannot build a good relationship with anybody if you don't have it with yourself. I had to get to know who I am, what makes me feel the way I do, the things I don't like about myself, and to be aware that there are things that people don't like about me. And once I'm comfortable with that and to say, all these things make me the beautiful person that I am with all the imperfections I have. So then I can look at the people in my life and say, do they have a space to where I am? Sometimes we think that people are permanent in our lives. We're all temporary. We all have stages. You know, the creator in the infinite wisdom has spring, summer, fall and winter. Things sometimes die, but there's other things that come and grow beautifully out of those things that we let go. So we have to recognize that people are temporary just like we are and relations don't have to be permanent. So look at the relationships that you have that don't induce growth, leave them aside. Powerful, powerful uh, homework, if you will, Julio. Before I let you go, I, I got to tell you, I've never said this to you before. You're a part of my personal support network. You don't know it. Sometimes I reach out to you just because every conversation I have, I walk away feeling um, encouraged and emboldened. So I want to thank you for your personal friendship and to your service to Brother Be Well. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And you're a beautiful person. You're part of my family. And I don't think I ever told you this but the gifts that you bring, not just to me, but the work that you do for Brother Be Well and the community is highly appreciated and I admire it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate those words and I appreciate you. Julio Cruz, integrated behavioral health uh, expert, professional, Brother Be Well clinical advisor and my good friend. Thank you, sir. See you next time. I want to thank our sponsor for this particular video series, Blue Shield of California, and specifically their Blue Sky Initiative. You can read all about it at this website, bluesky.blueshieldca.com. That's bluesky.blueshieldca.com. We want to thank them for their support. I also want to thank you for checking out this video. And there's another website I got to tell you about our own website, brotherbewell.com. If you like this particular video, you can check out this video or any one of a number of them here on this platform on a variety of behavioral health topics. You can find uh, videos just like this one, audio podcasts, print pieces, compelling personal stories. It's all at brotherbewell.com. We're a membership supported service. So if you can join us as a member, we'd love that. But if you wanna start out a little more slowly, give us your email address and you can sign up for our blog and get notifications on videos just like this one when they go live. Check it all out at brotherbewell.com. 
My name again, Michael P. Coleman. I'm content director for Brother Be Well. It's one of the great honors of my life and, and one of the highlights of my career to be that for you. We're trying to bring you everything you need to live a better life and be healthy. I want to ask you to do two things for me, if you would. Take great care of yourself, do that for me, and then also reach out to somebody else. Help take care of somebody else too. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Brother Be Well podcast. I'm Leon Guidry. Shout out to our sponsor, Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. It takes a village, and we're doing our part to address and heal trauma while supporting parents and caregivers along the way. Thanks for stopping by, and remember, my brothers, be well.